Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, May 4th edition of the Basement Academy. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day. We're going to talk about time and minutes, and so I hope that uh, these minutes, these moments uh, will be full of hope and encouragement. Uh, something will happen over these next 25 or 30 minutes, however long it is I I ramble on here uh, that will be meaningful to you and will help you live your life uh, more fully uh, for the Lord. I love today's psalm. Psalm 124 um, has been a favorite for many years. This is one of the pilgrim psalms uh, as the Israelites were making their uh, sojourn, their pilgrim up to Jerusalem, pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's a sweet little psalm. All the, the pilgrim psalms, those, those journeying psalms, are short. And this is a reminder that God is on the side of his people. Anger flares against, attacks come. There is no promise ever in Scripture that hard things will not come to God's people. If we live east of Eden. So if anything, the assurance is that we are going to meet trouble in this world. This is the reality of the fall. This is what Adam and Eve bargained for. When they sought autonomy from God to be as gods themselves, God will take it from here, thank you, not, not content to be made in the image of God, they sought then to walk apart from God, and then trouble comes. And then trouble comes to God's people because the world hates the reminder of God. And so this psalm is this, this gentle, kind of bittersweet reminder that when anger comes against us, when men attack us, that that's the that's the bitterness the sweetness is the lord is on our side we have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare our help is in the name of the lord the maker of heaven and earth our, our help is not in our own strength in our own ability our own cleverness our own being able to figure things out but our help is in the name of the lord the maker of heaven and earth um I believe I read some years ago that John Calvin, uh, the great uh, reformer, would open all of the worship services that he would conduct there in Geneva with this line. This was the call to worship. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. May it be so. Okay, uh, let's continue with some notes from the house of mourning. Uh yeah, just continuing the reflection uh, upon my mother's life, uh, her, her death, but her life, <laughs> the, the occasion of her death has given us great uh, reason to pause and to celebrate and reflect upon her life. And then by extension, 
um, really all of life, our lives, my life. Um, and so this notion of the house of mourning uh, is drawn from Ecclesiastes chapter 7. It's an Old Testament book. It's a wisdom. It's part of the wisdom literature. Ecclesiastes 7 verses 1 to 4. If you have missed the last couple of basement academies where I've been reading from that, let me encourage you to go read Ecclesiastes uh, 7. Uh, I want to read the, the fuller section of Ecclesiastes 3. I cited that yesterday, a time to mourn and a time to dance, telling that wonderful story of my mother's, uh, the moment of her death, <laughs> the dancing heaven, I'm in heaven, dancing cheek to cheek. And so Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. There's more in the chapter, but let me end the reading there. It's a great, great passage. It's one worth memorizing. I don't have it fully memorized, all the pairs, but... Um, the key word, of course, is time. There's a time for everything and a season. So times and seasons. Times are the moments. Seasons, I think of as the, the collection of moments. So we're in a season now, this pandemic. It was a time of disease that spread. And so now we're in a season, these moments that have been strung together, that now there's something shaping, taking shape. Uh, and in it, there are these various moments. It's a curious feature of life, time. We inhabit time. We understand that God is outside of time, but we cannot fully fathom that. God has set eternity in the hearts of men, but we cannot fathom beginning from end. God is outside of time. So God, all of life, all of our lives are present to God, but we have a hard time understanding that because we think in terms of past present, this moment, future. So we can conceive of past, present, future. We can conceive of eternity, but we can't fully grasp it, right? And so um, mourning, when you go to the house of mourning, when you lose a loved one, as we have and others in the church family have recently, when you're in the house of mourning, there is an acute awareness of time. Typically, it's an acute awareness of the past because there's this remembering 
conversations, life, talk about memories. We're going through it now as we're going through mom's personal items and personal effects. We're running across pictures, we're running across letters and cards that are from another time, right? And so there's a tendency in the house of mourning to live in the past. Sometimes there's some concern for the future, right? How am I going to live going forward in the absence of my loved one? But all of it strangely happens in the present, right? I'm in this moment, but I'm thinking of that moment. I'm seeing pictures of myself as a child. And so I, I become aware of the passage of time. So living in the house of mourning, when you go to the house of mourning, there is this acute awareness of time. I'm looking, I saw a picture the other day I've never seen before of my mother pregnant with me. From, I think it was May of 1960. I was born in June. Wow. The scripture, I knew you in my, in, in my mother's, or I knew you in your mother's womb. God speaking to Jeremiah. <laughs> and so it's this realities. I'm seeing my own life, pictures of myself as a child, as a young adult, or you know, a youth, a, a kid playing ball, or a teenager, some high school photos when I had all kinds of crazy hair. <laughs> May have to show you some of those. And then through my early adult years and then marriage. So I'm, I'm, I'm reliving my own life as I'm recalling mother's life, mom's life. I'm reliving my own life. And so there's an acute awareness of time and the passage of time. How did I get to be 60? Where did that time go? Um, the other reality that comes in the house of mourning is how unaware of the end of time. There's a time to be born and a time to die. And so we were attentive to the birthdays. We celebrate people's birthdays appropriately. But we don't know when the time of death is going to come. And so I've been thinking, wow, two weeks ago, mom was still with us. Had we only known, right? So it's that thing. And if you, each of us have grieved, I'm sure everyone who's watching this has grieved at some point. And so it's this, if I had only known the days were as short as they were, right? And, and we say that with a sense that we would have lived a little differently. We would have lived a little more intentionally. We, we would have not just kind of casually been in conversation with that loved one, perhaps. Um, and I know this is, this is maybe tender and sensitive for, for myself as, as well as others who may be still in the house of mourning. But mourning brings to us an acute sense of time, past, present, future. Uh, the Psalms keep us attentive to this, if, if we will. This is why we want to pray the Psalms daily. Uh, Psalm 31, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Psalm 89, let me know how fleeting is my life and the number of my days. Psalm 90, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What a, what a, if we could live with that awareness. All the days ordained for my mother were written in God's book before one of them came to be. God saw 
As she was born into this world on November 13, 1930, God saw this ending. God all along had this storybook ending written to her life. Our minds, God has said eternity in the hearts of men, but we cannot fathom. And so we can't fathom that. That God knows how my life is going to end. The day of my death, the moment, the precise moment, and how mine will end. Not every story ends in such a storybook manner. I'm aware of that. But because of the resurrection of Jesus, this living hope, death is not the end of the story, right? And so there is this storybook ending that still awaits. I went and calculated, you know, teach us to number our days aright, uh, the psalm says. My mother had 33,036 days. There's a little calculator you just put in the day of, you put in one day and another day and it'll just tell you how many days that is. It adds them up for you. 33,036, 30, 33,036 days, huh? And so her time to be born was November 13th, 1930. What's interesting on her birth certificate, it tells us the very moment because we do that, don't we? We don't say, when were you born? But we ask when the child was born, what time? Why is that? I've been thinking about that. So at 3 p.m. on the 13th day of November, A.D. 1930, my mother was born, Jack, Jacqueline Marshall. And then, of course, there's another certificate that is given, not only a birth certificate. So picked up the death certificates at 3.29 a.m. Now, she died at 2.10, but they certify it when the uh, medical staff comes. So the hospice nurse came. and So the death was certified at 3.29, but she died at 2.10 a.m. that morning. And so all of us have a birth date. But those of us who are listening, <laughs> we still don't know our death date, right? And it's interesting. Um, we end up having to live with this open-ended posture. We know the date of our birth and we learn to celebrate that. So as children, you know, we, they make much of it, right? When we're born, we don't know. We're just, we're just there, right? We're not, we don't have any cognition. And then we're born and then we live and people celebrate our birthday. They celebrate that we're alive. That's great. But when we contemplate, um, there's so much definition. It's definite. It's known. It's celebrated our birth date. But our date of death is indefinite to us. Not to God, but it's indefinite to us. And it's unknown to us. And it's not celebrated typically, right? It's feared by most people. I, I don't, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. I think scripture bids us, Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time to be born and a time to die. This is natural. It's a natural part of life. The psalmist, teach us to number our days aright. Let me know how fleeting is my life. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so a psalmic proverbial life, that is if we pray the psalms and read and pray the proverbs, they keep us attentive to this reality. This is natural. There's a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under heaven. And it starts out a time to be born and a time to die. And so it suggests that um, this awareness would lead to wisdom. Teach us to number our days right that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The, the wise person 
goes to the house of mourning. There's something about contemplating the brevity of life that clarifies the purposefulness of life. It makes life more meaningful. If we had only known mom's days were so short, we might have lived a little differently. That's how we think about it, right? But that's the point of the Psalms. That's the point of Ecclesiastes. If there is a time to be born and a time to die, so live fully. Don't fritter time away, right? Um, The Greeks have two words for time, okay? Kronos and Kairos. I've put them here on the, the whiteboard for those who are watching this, if you're listening via podcast. Kronos is where we get our word chronology, right? A chronicle. A chronicle is a record of activities that happened at certain points in time, okay? And so chronos is kind of like the tick-tock goes the clock. It just is measuring the time. It's May 4th. I'm recording this in the morning. It, it tells me it's 8.16 a.m. Just looked on my computer clock. So that's chronos. This moment, this tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. That's time. Say, hey, what time is it? But there's another word for time, kairos. That's the turning point in time. That's November 13th, 1930 at 3 p.m. at McGready Hospital in Crisfield, Maryland, when my mother was born. That, at that moment in time, people were just living their lives all around, but my mother's life began. June 7th, 1952 is when she made her vows. My mother and father took their wedding vows and a new family was born. There's a moment in time and a new family. So Kairos are the turning points in time. Kairos divides things into before and after. So, for instance, like a a birth, a death, um, an accident, um, a a graduation, uh, an award, uh, like a championship. uh, You know, we we think about, you know, uh, was it December 11th, uh, 2010? (laughs) That was a big day for us. It's when our son Turner won the state championship. So graduations and births and anniversaries. So those turning points in time that divide time into before and after. Kairos has to do with purpose. It has to do with meaning. It has to do with opportunity. Kairos moments are full, okay? And so Kronos and and Kairos. Kronos is fleeting, but the degree to which we're attentive to that, we, we make each fleeting day full of meaning with kairos. We say our prayers. We, we take a moment to make a phone call. Um, we pause and, and drop a card in the mail to remember somebody's birthday. Typically, we have regrets when we don't, in the midst of our fleeting lives, we don't take the, the pause to pay attention. That's that some of what happens in the house of mourning. You know, there's there's regret that, that that bubbles up. I wish we had only known we would have called, we would have visited, we would have lingered a little more in a conversation with our loved one, in my case, my my mother. And so so the battle uh, against guilt and regret and shame and sorrow in those ways, that's kairos because this person is now taken from us in the immediacy of life. And so that becomes a turning point. And so 
the house of mourning says, I'm going to live more purposefully from here on out, right? Um, my mom lived with a great sense of both of these, uh, Kronos and Kairos. She never could have articulated it that way, but, but she did. Um, the, the Kronos piece w- was interesting. She would often talk, I can't believe I'm 80. So when, we, when, when she turned 80, she, she had a 90th birthday last fall, last November, and says, I can't believe I'm 90. And I said, well, how old do you think you are? I don't know. Well, well, you're 90. Well, I don't feel 90. And we would joke about that. Well, how is 90 supposed to feel? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're 90. So that's what it feels like, right? Um, so she was talking about chronos, the sense of time is fleeting. And I, so that's measuring time. But kairos is, she lived with a great sense of kairos. Um she would pause and she would drop the birthday card. She would bake the cake. She would remember people's special days and moments. And why I can tell you that is we're reading through letters that people have written her. Jackie, thank you for remembering my special day, my anniversary, um, my graduation, uh, my birthday. Thank you for baking an apple pie. One of my father's commanding officers <laughs> thanked her back in 1968. She kept that note, that thank you note I have found. <laughs> my goodness. And so mom remembered, that's the Kairos, taking a moment to remember somebody and filling their life full of meaning and recognition. I remember you. I know this is a special day for you. I celebrate you. Mom was beautiful for that. And so many of you know that. Um, and, and so, but the other way, this is one of the artifacts. I'm going to talk about artifacts tomorrow. <laughs> and this is just one of those daily flip calendars, September 4th, you know, September 3rd, you know, so, so she would just flip this every day. And whenever I'd go visit her in her home, you know, this would always be flipped. And on these different days, there would be little notes written. Anniversary date, incorporation of Coastal Hospice, 1980, on June 20th. Who knew, right? Uh, June 21st, Katie and Adam's wedding day in 2003. Lydia and Charlie Peel in 2008, okay? Some days didn't have it. Um, Claire Lee Dixon born, 2006, on June 23rd. And so she wrote down on this little flip calendar... And that's how she would, because it's not like her memory was that good, right? That's Kairos. Living each day, recognizing that each day has opportunity built into it, purpose built into it. C.S. Lewis uh, wrote that the present is that moment when time touches eternity. We've got eternity. God is outside of time, right? this eternal reality that await, but the present moment is when time and eternity touch. Because he said, now is the only moment, the present is the only moment when you may believe in God. You can't believe in God yesterday. You can't believe in God tomorrow. You must believe in God now, today. The present moment is the only moment when you can love. I can't love yesterday. I can't love tomorrow. I can only love in the moment. I can give, I can serve, I can worship, I can honor, I can bless only in the moment, in the present. But that's when we live this present moment with intentionality and with purpose and with meaning, with attentiveness to the neighbor in front of us. I'm not gonna just blow by that person. I'm gonna acknowledge there's another human being who bears image. And sometimes that other human being is a family member, right? 
And so living with in Kronos, we can't escape Kronos, right? Until the day of our death. And so we're, we're, we're stuck in Kronos, the tick-tock, tick-tock, our, our fleeting days, but we can fill these fleeting days with purpose and meaning. And I think my mom did that so wonderfully, so wonderfully, and has taught me uh, so much in that regard. And so in the house of mourning, realize now that her life is complete and that generation is complete. My mother and father and aunts and uncles. So Aunt Jackie is the end of that era for on my, on, on kind of, she was an only child. So we don't have, you know, kind of other relationships kind of going in other directions. My dad was an only child. He had cousins. There was a, a previous marriage uh, that his mother was engaged in. And so he had some half siblings and then their children have become my cousins. Um, but we don't have, you know, we don't have a big family <clears throat> in, in our, in, in the Meeks household, the Meeks clan. And so this sense of a generation being complete now, a life is complete. And so been asking, living in the house of mourning, how can I live with more attentiveness? Now, these moments are full of such reflections because we're pausing, we're going through the personal effects, we're seeing the pictures and the notes, et cetera, the calendars. And life will kind of get back to normal at some point. We'll have mom's service in a couple weeks and... You know, we'll, we'll get back to, to, to work rhythms and routines a little more fully. But I hope, <laughs> I hope I can live attentively as I am. I'm very attentive now as I'm speaking with you now. This is at the front of my mind and, and in my heart. How can every day be an opportunity? Um, I think this is what Eric was talking about Sunday in the parable of the sower, not letting the worries of life, concerns for wealth and pleasure crowd out. It, Kairos, I think that's a, as we contemplate each day as an opportunity from God, we then live this day as a gift. And, and then we live a, a little more deliberately, a little more thoughtfully, maybe a little more slowly and patiently and calmly. And our world doesn't always encourage that. Our world encourages go, go, go. But, but how can we live more aware of relationships, more aware of people, the people in our lives whom we ought to know better and celebrate and love and, and reconcile with and work, work, work our differences through? But how can I live more attentive to God? How can I make sure each day I give attention to God through listening to God's word, giving attention to God in prayer. That's why, again, the daily Psalms are, are so rich and, and, and full of opportunity and kairos. Those, those prayer times become kairos moments where our prayers, who knows what our prayers, how they're shaping eternity uh, for, uh, you know, for, for, you know, for the world. Um, I'm going to try to get through this. I think I'll be able to read this. It's a song I wrote uh, a number of years ago, like almost 30 years ago. Uh, Ten Years Gone is, is uh, the name of it. And uh, if, I, if, I, if my fingers were in better shape, I'd, I'd try to play it for you. I've got a recording somewhere, and so I may dig it up because it, it carries itself, the poem carries itself better as, as a song. But I wrote this uh, nearly 30 years ago as I sensed my own life, just at, you know, 33 years old, sensed my own life moving on. 
<clears throat> and then I, uh, we had a special family uh, cel- Christmas celebration in Kansas, Christmas in Kansas, and we each, we, we drew a name and you made a gift for the, uh, a person. And so that was, and so I put uh, pictures, I, I drew my father's name, and so I put this song and then put some pictures, kind of like a slideshow of his life to this song. So it's, it's kind of emotional uh, to me. Time has taken two wings, and on the winds of change she flies. Out of the corner of my eye, I see time slipping by. But if I try to catch her, on the wind she just slips away. Quickly, tomorrow becomes today, and now I'm staring at yesterday. Ten years gone, ten on the way. We're moving on, but life is here to stay. The winds have blown, but isn't it strange how we've grown and how we've changed? Time has etched these lines upon my heart and my face. Closing my eyes cannot erase memories that seem so out of place. But if I try to hide them, oh, the tale these lines still tell. Places I've been and known so well, where I walked, where I stood, and where I fell. Ten years gone, ten on the way. We're moving on, but life is here to stay. The winds have blown, but isn't it strange how we've grown and how we've changed. But every now and then I start remembering how it was back then. Ten years gone. Time has turned the wheel and pressed this clay under its thumb. Raising my eyes towards the sun, I see what ten years has done. So let's live this day in faith and hope and love, loving God, loving our neighbor. Amen and amen. Father, thank you for the sweet, sweet moments of our lives, for the day of our birth, and we pray in advance for each of us and for our families on our day of death that your comfort and peace and hope and joy and celebration will be attending our family members as they remember our life, even as we celebrate and remember the lives of our loved ones. And so help us to fill even this day with great meaning and purpose. And we thank you that you are our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so watch over us, keep us, keep our loved ones this day and forevermore as we pray how Jesus taught us saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever the one who is and was and is to come. May that God bless you, keep you, and your loved ones now and forevermore. Amen.